the Henry County Chamber of Commerce met recently with Dr. William Watkins, the chief medical officer at Piedmont Henry Hospital. We thought it very fitting to meet with Dr. Watkins at this time, given that we've had multiple school closings leading into the Christmas holidays and the levels of capacity at the hospital, having them to look at alternatives for patients who need uh, critical care for COVID and other uh, medical emergencies. This episode of Business Insight is brought to you by High Priority Plumbing, where their customers are their priority. Good morning, everyone. This is Barbara Ingram from the Business Insight Podcast. Glad to be with you today. Closing out the year 2020, we have a special guest today, Dr. William Watkins and Dr. Watkins, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Wonderful. I want to let the audience know a little bit about Dr. Watkins. He is the chief medical officer for Piedmont Henry Hospital. Dr. Watkins brings more than 30 years of experience to provide leadership to the medical staff and oversees quality, clinical performance, and service initiatives throughout the hospital. Dr. Watkins has been a part of the medical staff at Piedmont Henry for the last 14 years, most recently as emergency department medical director. He served in other leadership roles, including chief quality officer, member of the credentials committee, and several hospital committees that have positively impacted patient care. So first and foremost, we want to say Thank you, Dr. Watkins, for your service and the service of all of your frontline employees, personnel at Piedmont Henry Hospital. We know that you've been going through a lot in this past year dealing with illnesses and stresses of the coronavirus in our community, and we are incredibly grateful for Piedmont Henry Hospital and the way you have managed to meet the needs of the community during this pandemic. So if you will, uh, we'll plunge right in to update our audience regarding the current status of the hospital. Uh, we've been hearing about the surge upon the surge. How is that impacting Piedmont Henry today? Well, we definitely are feeling the impact of the surge. Um, after Thanksgiving, we had quite a few folks visiting and uh, transmitting COVID. About two weeks after we started to see a rise in the number of our COVID patients, our usual census was around 30 to 35. Um, we even had some days when we got down into the 20s. We are now at 84. Mm -hmm. um, we did surpass our last um, record in our second phase we had a total of uh, highest number was 80 patients in the hospital at one time we've uh, reached over 90 um, currently holding around 84 but it is definitely um, taxing and it's causing us to think of new ways to handle this number of patients in the hospital back to piedmont henry what in, in that number 84 patients that you're averaging on a daily basis, does that include your IC, ICU beds? 
That is correct. It includes our ICU beds, our step-down beds, and the beds on the floor, on the regular acute care floor. So are you uh, moving into that space that is uh, called full and having to make some uh, other arrangements or for people being admitted, new people being admitted? Is it um, getting uh, into a situation where the hospital is having to look at um, offload or other alternatives for admittance? Yes, we've looked at several um, alternatives. There actually is a um, COVID expansion unit in Atlanta that will take some of our patients that are COVID positive from the emergency department. Then are, they need hospitalization, but they're not sick enough to be in an ICU. Um, they will take some. Um, if the patient needs a bed and there's no bed available at the time, we will admit them, they'll be held in the emergency department until we have a bed. Mm. Um, we've had cases where if you're an ICU patient, we will look to see if there are any other facilities in the area that can accept the admission for the ICU patient. So we are looking at every possibility. Um, we are caring for some of our observation patients in our um, recovery room after surgery, instead of being admitted to the floor overnight, we'll take care of them in our recovery room. Um, similar with our cath lab patients, just ways to keep the regular floor beds open for um, new coming patients. And then working diligently to discharge patients at an appropriate time. Um, given the COVID pandemic, it's gotten uh, much more difficult to get patients accepted at long-term care facilities or subacute rehab facilities. So we are trying to address each of those barriers. So now I think, what is this, 10 or 11 months into this pandemic and we are with, our numbers are higher than they've ever been for the most part here in Henry County. But the vaccine that you received last week, that gives us hope. Um, and I know that you had some numbers, some of your frontline workers vaccinated last week. I think the first question would be, in the overall picture of things, what is the role of Piedmont Henry in the hospital in the distribution of the vaccine itself? Could you define that for us or describe it? Sure. Currently, the role of Piedmont Henry, we call it a, a closed pod. We are not set up for community distribution at this time. So we will be supplying vaccine to all of the staff, um, the medical staff, the frontline workers. And that also should include family, but that's not going to be until all the staff are taken care of. Um, there's also a hierarchy to the staff. We have been categorized into high risk, moderate to low risk and low risk. And given the fact that we don't have enough vaccine for everybody at this time, we're using a lottery system to randomly choose people out of those first, the, the first wave, the high risk. And then as more vaccine comes in, we will 
continue to address the high risk and go into the moderate to low and into the low until we get everybody vaccinated that wants to be vaccinated. You still have to opt in. The vaccine is not mandatory. It is definitely recommended. And um, we are working to uh, change the minds of some of those in the community, um, even the medical community who have a wait and see attitude about the vaccine. So at some point you will have probably before and maybe in tandem with the, with the schedule to get some of the vaccine into the um, larger community, but at some point you will uh, complete the inoculation of your staff. And uh, at that point, will you have a role in distribution to the community or storage? That is the plan. Um, and it's all based on supply. We actually were one of the first hospitals to get the ultra cold freezer that's needed for the Pfizer vaccine. That vaccine has to be stored at minus 70 degrees Celsius. So um, though that's not a very common uh, article. And so we do have it and the vaccine is actually stable for quite some time at that temperature, but once you thaw it out, you must use it within six hours. That's the Pfizer vaccine, doctor? Correct. That's the Pfizer vaccine. Okay. So where does Moderna's vaccine come into play or do you have both on hand and how do people we, decide which one they will get or do they have a choice? So we re yesterday we received our first uh, allocation of the Moderna vaccine. As far as I know, it's not a choice. It's what's available. And uh, the differences are not that different. The Moderna vaccine, you get your second dose 28 days or 29 days later versus the Pfizer, which is 21 days later. And it's also can be stored at a it doesn't have to be an ultra cold, ultra low temperature. So most places can store that uh, Moderna vaccine. So that's why it's more applicable to places that don't have access to an ultra low freezer. Um, the side effects are similar. The efficacy, I would think one is 95% plus, the other one's 94% plus. So if you wanna split hairs, mm -hmm. there's that. But when you get that high in efficacy, uh, they're exactly the same, just about. So we've been watching um, several high-profile um, individuals on television receive the vaccine, like the first nurse in New York, and now I believe uh, President-elect uh, Biden received it yesterday. So. From my observation, it seems like a regular shot, but was there any training involved for your staff to be able to administer the vaccine? Is it any different from any other um, run-of-the-mill uh, flu shot, say? Administration-wise, it's not different except for the thawing process and when you have to use it. Um, 
the life, the shelf life after it's thawed being six hours. But each of the individuals that administer our vaccines, they have a training module that they have to go through. Mm -hmm. All of these um, folks that receive the inoculation are registered in what we um, like to call GRITS down here. GRITS means the Georgia Registry and um, for Immunization and Transactions. So everybody is um, notified if there's something ever that had to be reported or gotten out, they're all um, recorded and logged. So we do take that training, uh, but you can, there's no other special training except for the handling. You, you definitely don't want to go into that ultra low freezer without the proper protection. And right. um, so that, that all is done that. in our pharmacy. <laughs> well, um, I, I would love to know, and I'm not sure if this is a question for you, Dr. Uh, Boykin, but I would love to know the distribution plan for the community of Henry County beyond the hospital walls. Do you have any information about that? or the timeline um, that you can share with us? I have only heard peripherally about timeline and this is going to be coming from um, either CDC or Department of Health because the distribution, uh, as you know, Operation Warp Speed was supposed to be in charge of the logistics of the distribution. and the, I think Piedmont Henry requested um, enough doses to handle all of their medical staff. So our, our frontline medical staff throughout the system is 11,000. When we got our first dose um, at Henry, we were able to vaccinate, I think we vaccinated 181 people last Friday. So as more supply comes in, we'll, yes, it, we definitely need to ramp up, but it's a beginning. Uh, we're working out all the, all the bumps. We are scheduling people to come in. If somebody can't make that slot, we're going to the next person, see if they can come in. Cause we, you, we are definitely not gonna waste any of these doses. So once you make a vial, which holds either five to six doses, you've got to use that within six hours. So uh, we will be definitely utilizing every um, dose of vaccine. So you, have your, available. you have your targets lined up prior to bringing it into that six hour space. Correct. Absolutely. And so, I've only heard uh, that when will the community have access? It's still gonna be, as far as I know, a few months before we are doing community access. Hopefully um, things will turn out for the better and we'll find that this process is moving much more smoothly and more rapidly than first envisioned and we would get to that step um, much shorter period of time. That's what we're all hoping for because uh, with this holiday um, season now and we just received word last night that um, a new stimulus package has passed in Congress, but we, uh, we do understand that our community is, you know, in a situation of need, many are, and our businesses and economy has fared 
pretty well in Henry County throughout this pandemic, but we do want to sustain them and hold on until everyone is able to get the, vac the, the vaccinations. And as I mentioned, we had a number of schools to close due to coronavirus spread last week. And, and we're just focused on when those indicators uh, like school closing tell us that our spread is impacting our community and therefore impacting our economy, impacting our local businesses. We'd like to speak to the experts like yourself who has you know, access to the vaccine now and, and, and an outlook of when the community will be able to expect some relief due to the vaccine. But right now, what are the mitigation um, recommendations for our community here to help the hospital uh, not get to an overload situation to enable our schools to stay open, which will enable parents to go to work which will, impact, will impact the employers and the economy. What are some of the, the critical mitigation recommendations for right now until we have greater access to the vaccine? Well, we, even with the vaccine, we cannot forget um, the steps that we need to take for mitigation and especially during this season. So we just got through Thanksgiving with lots of travel. Then we have Christmas and then New Year's is coming. So that's kind of the triple whammy. If at all possible, stay at home. Um, I had video Thanksgiving dinner with my son in California. There, there are new ways to uh, that we'll have to endure until this is done. Um, we still have quite a few people that don't wear masks appropriately. A mask underneath your nose does not help. A mask under your chin does not help. When you go out into um, stores or businesses, uh, I often have the urge to ask folks that aren't wearing them appropriately or not at all, what can I do to help you understand the seriousness of this? Because when your ICU is full and you're having to tell families that a loved one's not going to be here for the um, holidays due to COVID, you, wearing a mask is a very small thing that if everybody would do, we would mitigate the spread of this virus. Um, we also need to wash our hands and socially distance because the vaccine by itself is not going to do it. We're going to need to continue to decrease our quote unquote unnecessary travel. Some travel is essential, but if you don't have to consider um, staying at home. Uh, just like you mentioned, when schools close, uh, employers, employees have to take care of their children. We have the same issue with the employees in the hospital. They have um, childcare needs as well. So as we remember to stick with our standard work, which is wear a mask, watch your distance and wash your hands, that will go a long way, especially as we're waiting to get the vaccine out into the community. Yes, uh, thank you, doctor, for those uh, that advice. And uh, this is the end of uh, December going into 2021. We have several months ahead of us unless something changes and we pray that it will change for the better in terms of getting the vaccination into the community and the acceptance of the vac vaccination by the community 
And, uh, and, and until then, on an individual basis, we're all in this together and we just want everyone to take responsibility for helping our community. It's not just a doctor, it's not just a um, uh, individual cause that we have in wearing or not distancing. It's not just ourselves that we're impacting, we're impacting others. Is that not true? You are exactly correct. Uh, it is a very selfless act when you wear a mask because um, you're protecting others and you're thinking about others more so than yourself, which is a very appropriate thing for this season. And, and if I you would, don't, go ahead, I'm sorry. I would like to um, address a few things that may be um, causing someone in the community to wonder about this vaccine. You know, oh, they came up with this vaccine kind of new and it's so short, how can we be sure it's safe? So it, it I is- I would love to hear that, hear your perspective on that. Please do. So the technology has been studied for about 10 years, the messenger RNA. So a lot of people are thinking, oh, you're dealing with my DNA, you're gonna change my D, no. Actually the messenger RNA does not alter the DNA. It doesn't even go into the nucleus of the cell. That's where DNA is produced. So, and this is the this is the uh, part of the vaccination that is is in the dose that you're talking about in each okay. dose. The messenger RNA is in the vaccine. It's in a little lipid capsule. So it goes in. They shoot it into your arm, and it gets into gets into the cell, and it causes a certain protein to be created. So it's got a template, and the cell creates a protein. So nothing goes into your DNA, nothing goes into the nucleus. This protein is the protein on those spikes. Everybody's seen the spikes on the coronavirus. So your body sees this protein and the T cells and B cells, which are part of the immune system in your body, will make antibodies to that protein and also um, get sensitized to it. So it's not a live virus. It's not a killed virus. You can't get COVID from the messenger RNA because it's not a virus. So it's a particle that your body realizes is not supposed to be there and it builds up antibodies to it. And the second time you get your, so they say it's about 50% effective after the first dose. When you get your second dose, that's when it goes up to the 94, 95%. And it does not, I've heard lots of theories, the government will be able to track you after you get this, um, the messenger RNA is broken down. So there's nothing lingering afterwards for no anybody chips. to track. No, no chips. No, no. You, so you can't be hacked by the Russians after this. Um, so there's been a lot of concern, especially in the African-American community about previous vaccination programs, et cetera. This is the same vaccine that everybody's getting. They don't have a separate one for different people. A lot, I've had questions, will the people in the community get the same ones that the healthcare workers get? Yes, it's gonna be the same vaccine. Um, so what are the side effects? Just like when you get your flu shot, your arm hurts for a little bit. Um, there are also possible side effects of uh, nausea, fatigue, headache, you may get fever, but 
um, looking at the side effects during the trial, and people need to know that the trial involved about, at least on the Pfizer side, about 44,000 people. So it's not like they went and checked it on 500 folks and said, yep, this works. So, and the, the trials are still going on. They're still tracking to see if there are any um, things that need to be addressed. So as far as it being safe, yes, it's safe. The risks are much lower than the benefits to this. And if anybody would like to reach me to discuss it, uh, I'll be happy to discuss that. But a lot of people are waiting to see how you do with it before I yeah. go ahead and get it. I've heard that. Let's take a moment to recognize our sponsor, High Priority Plumbing and Services. High Priority Plumbing and Services offers residential and commercial plumbing services to communities throughout most of Georgia, in Henry County, and throughout Metro Atlanta. The next time you are in need of an honest, quality-providing master plumber, contact High Priority Plumbing and Services and let their highly skilled and reliable plumbers handle all of your plumbing needs. Visit highpriorityplumbing.com or call 770-860-8110. So regarding the flu, I know it was rampaging in, in our community last year. And I was one of those who so unfortunately came down with it last uh, winter and the winter before. So I had it twice in two years. So, you know, in the hmm. summer, we were alerted to go get your flu shot this year in October and I ran and got mine and and just about everybody I know went and got a flu shot in October but now I'm hearing has anybody noticed that nobody's getting the flu and uh, I wonder if you have um, if you can address that doctor why we're not seeing uh, as many flu cases at least right now in our community as perhaps last fall and winter. It's been a, a tested or um, proven that in areas where we've been using our masks and social distancing, those mitigation factors apply to the flu as well. In places where the pandemic struck prior to the United States, they've noticed lower incidence of flu as well because these same mitigation factors apply to flu. So if you are distancing and using a mask and washing your hands, that decreases the incidence. And I think a lot of people don't want flu and COVID. The flu <laughs> vaccine is available and they're going out to get it. So that's why we're not seeing uh, as much flu as we did last year. Last year, which is a, a wonderful thing that uh, uh, a side effect that we didn't anticipate based on mm -hmm. um, the fact that we were anticipating surges in both in our community this fall. So I thank you so much, doctor. We're, we're gonna be calling on you, if you will, more often to keep us updated in this business community that the Henry, Henry County Chamber of Commerce monitors so closely and uh, cares about so deeply, as well as our community at large. And we appreciate that you took the time today to share with us 
the status of the hospital, that we can, uh, how we can assist and how we can assist our community by following these uh, CDC guidelines more closely as the vaccine approaches broader distribution. Thank you, doctor. And we will be talking to you real soon. I will be communicating with you, doctor, to see if we can get you on our schedule again soon. Okay, thank you very much, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Have a great day, bye-bye.